0: Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Father, I just think you as we come to your word, Lord, that we would see a combustion, that we would experience the divine combustion of the, the logs, so to speak, of your word, With the fire of your spirit, like a fireplace causing combustion, causing heat, causing our our house, Lord, our life, and that which is dear to us to become warmed by your spirit. We invite you now, Holy Spirit, to teach us and to stir us to love you more, Jesus, and to love our neighbor more as ourselves. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, last week we looked at Romans eight two, and this week is a part two of that uh, on the law of lift. It was there was so much last week that I didn't cover that uh, we're we're taking into another, taking it to another level, so to speak. Come on, uh, law of lift part two. But it's Romans eight two is the is the springboard verse. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. I love that phrase, set me free. It's, a very, it's very intense. A setting free of the law of sin and death. You know, you don't have to be in a, oh yeah, if anyone needs notes, I forgot to ask. If anyone needs notes, you raise your hand, it will, we'll get some to you. You don't have to be in prison, behind prison bars, to know what it's like to have a longing to be free. I've known people around in my life and even in my own life, people who seemingly have it all together. They can have a lot of stuff, nice things, a beautiful family. They can be experiencing success in various areas. But still, there's something that they are in bondage to, that they're longing to be free from, but it's something that only Jesus can set them free. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ can set me free from the law of sin and death. We saw last week that the law of the Spirit there is akin to the, the the, the natural law of lift that causes a a giant 747 airliner to take off the runway and ascend higher and higher to a cruising altitude of 35,000 or 40,000 feet, going at a speed of up to 650 miles an hour, and in a sense, setting the passengers free from that other law in nature, the law of gravity. And so in a spiritual sense, the law of the Spirit can cause us as believers to ascend higher and higher above the pull of sin and death. Paragraph A, I really, I wrote this in the notes because I really want want this to get down deep in us. It is our destiny as children of God to soar above the enslaving power of sin above debilitating depression, above tormenting fear. It is our destiny even to soar above the clouds of confusion and frustration and even to soar above that cloud of irrational thinking that is so prevalent in our society today. I mean, I could stop there and I'll just say insert your rant about irrational thinking in our country today, you can insert that there, but I won't stop on that. But we don't have to give in to irrational thinking, it's our destiny to soar above that. And I contend this that if we can live life, spiritually speaking, at 35,000 feet, we are more effective at changing our world for the cause of Christ when we are living from that elevated perspective, because we will have something to say in an hour when people don't know what to say. We will have something to say with the authority of the Holy Spirit on our words, and we will have something to release supernaturally by the Holy Spirit to set people free, to cause people to be saved, healed, and delivered because of what we say and what we release. But that can only happen as we ourselves are free from that demonic, evil, worldly, gravitational pull of sin and death. So we looked at this last week, and we, we also saw that Jesus, last week, is like a beautiful diamond with innumerable facets, all of which have uh, are. are sparkling and glittering and shining with the beauty and grace of God. And when you receive Jesus, if you receive Jesus today, I received Jesus when I was a junior in high school in 1976. When you receive Jesus, you receive the whole diamond with all the facets of the grace and the power of God. And now that you are a believer, every problem you have. For every problem you have, there is a corresponding grace or facet of the power of Jesus made available to you. Everything. John 1.16 says about Jesus and of his fullness we have received. We receive the whole diamond and grace for grace. For every grace that's in Jesus, there is a corresponding grace made available to you. We looked at examples last week. If you have the the problem of anger. You humble yourself, you turn from, from that problem of anger, and you say, I turn to you, Jesus, and I receive the grace of your gentleness to take the place, to replace my problem of anger. We looked at various examples of that. We then, paragraph C, we looked at the illustration of an olive oil store. Which I didn't even know existed until a couple of years ago. Found out there's one here in Lakeway. It's a store with all kinds of <laughs> kinds of olive oil that you take your bottle and you get under the spout and you fill it up with the, the olive oil you need. You know about the olive oil, right? There we go, we got some chefs over here. <laughs> well, we looked at that and we we kind of went with that. We can humble ourselves. Any problem we have, there's an olive oil from Jesus that takes care of that problem. We can get under that spout that we need and receive the proper oil from the Holy Spirit. Now, I've talked about humble yourself, and there's a really cool verse that helps explain how Christians can humble themselves. We talk about that a lot, right? Humble yourself. What does that mean? You know, you go around like this, I'm humble. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 tells us how we can humble ourselves. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, by casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. You see, you're no longer worrying about your worrying problem, you humble yourself and you turn from your worrying and say, Jesus, I come before you and I receive the grace of your peace to come and take the place of my worry. And when you do that, the law of lift takes over. And in the Holy Spirit lifts you out of your worrying and into the peace of God. That's how we can live. At 35,000 feet. I was... We talked about the olive oil store last week, and I was walking through HEB this week, and so I had this on the brain, you know, come under the olive oil, but I couldn't relate to it as much as what I saw at HEB this week. I go to HEB, and first I see the coffee aisle, and there's all these... There's this coffee bean station. Can you show that? Well, you can barely see it, but these are all the different kinds of coffee. Is this working? No? Oh, well, you can see. What it is is there's coffee beans of different kinds that you put your bag under and you can grind them. Then I went over and I saw, as I was going through the store, I saw the nut grinding station with different kinds of nuts to make your peanut butter or your cashew butter. Then but I saw healthy living station where there's of uh, different kinds of pretzels or trail mix. But my favorite, I came across the Jelly Bean Station. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how this, maybe, oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, it broke on me, okay. Whew. Jelly Bean Station, and I, I wish I could blow this up for you, but it, it, what it says in those, di- there's different kinds of jelly beans, and I got a little. I admit the next minute or so is going to be a little cheesy, so um, they call me Papa Glenn around here, so this, this, this Papa Glenn pizza today is extra cheesy, okay? So, sorry. See, right there. We order extra cheese on this, so that first one, if we could blow it up, that, one of that, that first one on the side is sizzling cinnamon jelly beans. And so I thought, what's the opposite? You probably won't be able to say. Oh, there it is, sizzling cinnamon. And um, so I thought, you know, I Lord, I've kind of lost that that sizzle of my zeal for you, Jesus. I'm kind of more into the S-I-N than the C-I-N. All right, it's getting cheesier. But instead of saying oh, I'm so lukewarm, I don't want to just be lukewarm. I turn. I turn to that facet of the diamond of Jesus that is the zeal of the Lord. And I say, Lord, I turn to you and I receive your zeal, your wholehearted devotion, your wholehearted dedication. I'm basically putting my life under the jelly bean spout saying, sizzling cinnamon, come <laughs> and lift me up. Then there's one, oh, there it is. It's got a little bigger. There's one there that says berry blue. Berry blue. Now, I think of blue. I think of blue skies. I think we had a a man in this house who helped, a prophetic man, Larry Randolph, who helped River in the Hills get birth years ago. And he said, I think God's favorite color is blue because he made the sky blue. (laughs) So I'm thinking with berry blue, I need help with the wisdom from above because I battle saying dumb stuff and being <laughs> foolish. So for my problem of foolishness, I, I humble myself, I come under the berry blue and I say, James 3 actually said, it's getting cheesier, isn't it? All right. James, right. I'm doing this for a reason. <laughs> I'm seriously not doing this to, quote, entertain. I'm doing it so we'll remember. So when I'm needing wisdom, I can come and I can say, I turn from the foolishness and I receive, James 3, 17, the wisdom from above. Yeah. And you'll find yourself saying things that are the wisdom of the Lord. And they'll say, how did you come up with that? And they'll say, I didn't. I really didn't. It was the wisdom of the Lord. Yeah. Then there's one if, of a depression or sadness so I thought of two of those. One of them is bubblegum cuz I have childhood memories of bubblegum and joy and then there's cotton candy, you know, fun, joy, <laughs> happiness. So the same the same exchange can be made. So I just do y'all want to play along with me just for a little for a second? Okay, what would the one be for Dr. Pepper? Heal. Healing. Very good. I come, see, you get a pastor doing illustrations and it gets bad. Cynthia, I know, pray for me. Reach your hand out to me and pray for me. No, Cynthia's looking at me going. What did I get? Oh, no, you're looking at me going. The cheese, all right. So, amen, no no more. (laughs) Um, But today I want us to look at how to daily rely on the grace of God. You know, we, last week we looked at how to get off the runway and get in the air, and I couldn't just leave it there. You know, once you're in the air, you want to stay in the air. You don't want to go down, okay? So uh, for most of us, that's not an easy thing. You get under there, and you get the, the bubble gum of the joy of the Lord, and then you start to get a little... It's a problem we all go through. You start to get a little pleased with yourself going, I think I got this. I can handle this. Yeah. And, and before we realize it, we have ceased to rely on the grace of God in our life. We've ceased to rely on the, the law of the spirit that got us up above the depression. And so without realizing it, we can then go back to our old carnal ways with their failures and their inadequacy. So we want to talk about once we get in the air, how do we stay in the air? And I want to suggest three things that will help us to stay in the air, that will help us to daily rely on the law of the Spirit. And here they are. I didn't get this anywhere. I felt like the Lord put these on my heart. Watch and pray. Watch your mouth and watch your heart. Watch and pray. Watch your mouth. Watch your heart. Let's look at paragraph A. Watch and pray. Jesus said, Matthew 26, 41, the night before he was crucified in the Garden of Gethsemane, he told his disciples, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Basically, lest you lose your altitude. Because it's temptation implies what? temptation to sin. It's a snare. So watching and praying helps us to stay above the enslaving power of sin. And so it's very practical. A few thoughts on watching and praying. Watching and praying, we have all hear that in church a whole lot, watch and pray, 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 pray. What is watching and praying? It's Staying connected to the Lord through, here's the phrase, directly beholding him. Yeah. Through directly beholding him. That's, that means you, you don't just, you, you look at God's word as not just studying like a book, but you see God's word as a springboard into encounter yeah. with his heart. That's directly beholding him. You put on worship music, not as background music on your way to work. You put on worship music as a means to engage your heart with the holy lover of your soul. You directly behold him by stopping in the middle of the day what you're doing to pray. That's directly beholding. You stop. I actually have said this a few for the last few months. I've got my alarm set at 1.30 in the afternoon and eight twenty-eight at night, as a reminder, kind of almost a Pavlovian response. You know, Glenn, time to pray, because I drift. Anybody else drift? Okay, now you're. But I'm busy. It's really wise to stop and pray so that you can stay at 35,000 feet. So my alarm goes off, and I have to confess, sometimes it goes off, and I'm like, I don't have time to do that right now. But it's in my phone every day. So, paragraph A, little a, watching. You say, what's watch? Watching is a subset of prayer. Got some IHOP folks here today, right, Susan? Wayne? Watching has the idea of interceding for a city, a region, or a nation. In biblical times, there were watchmen on the wall who were looking out from the city wall to the horizon, watching for the enemy armies to come so they could warn the city. It's a a form of prayer, watching, saying, Get ready, be prepared. Watchmen also on the wall... We're look out to the horizon for the good things to come so they can encourage the people in the city. So when we watch, we are looking for the enemy coming so we can warn, and we're looking for God and His Spirit and the good things and revival to come so we can encourage. Paragraph B, watching and praying is like buying jet fuel. Think of the illustration with me that I've been with now two weeks. If you're cruising at thirty-five thousand feet and you're on a long journey, say around the world, you need to get refueled in the mid in the mid in mid air. Yeah. You need a mid air refuel. I've got this found this picture of a of a plane with gasoline fueling in mid air. That's what watching and praying does. So we, because we run out of fuel. I don't know about you, but I run out of fuel. I need to be refueled. Uh, Today being Memorial Day, I'd like Norm Minke. I'd like all of our veterans, if you don't mind standing up all of our, all of the active duty or past military, can you stand up? (laughs) Praise God. Norm, if you could come up. Thank you. We already, to a degree, did... Memorial, Amen. Well, Norm Menke uh, has uh, had an interesting, more than interesting thing happen in 1973 um, in the Air Force. 72, I think. 72, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was 73 actually. I looked it up today, and uh, he was given a mission from New Hampshire, the base in New Hampshire. Uh, to refuel a bunch of planes and What was the uh, can you give me more detail on what that mission was you got uh,
1: how much time we got
0: 20 30 minutes? <laughs> That's
1: why I'm interviewing you The mission was to refuel, okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> I Had several jobs while I was there. I was a flying crew member. I was the air traffic control uh, representative and I was an operation planner, and we had had an exercise in Saturday morning and uh, generated all our airplanes to war mm. configuration and I was just we're all done, and I was ready to go to the house I had a call to the from the command post say, norm come up here. we got some something, something for you, yeah, and. Uh, on the phone was an air traffic control rep that I had known, and uh, he was an oceanic control uh, uh, person for uh, air traffic control system. And he said, we got a mission. You're tasked for four KC-135s, the ones on the top, and uh, we're going to pick up some airplanes in uh, around Virginia, Portsmouth. And
0: uh, what's your turn? Your turn, w. And
1: I said, uh, uh, I need some details. What time? What's the the route? And he said, Can't tell you. Can't tell. You. <laughs> I said, No. I need some details. He said, I cannot tell you. Uh, he said, Remember that exercise we had about a year ago. He said, Kind of use that. Well. I went to find the paperwork and my dutiful clerk had thrown it all away because you can't have anything old in your files. And uh, so I found, found a copy, one copy, at a tanker squadron and we constructed a mission. And unknown to us, the week before there were all kinds of civilian airplanes on our ramp. We didn't know what they were there for, I found out later. So you knew something was going on. Yeah. And we knew, of course, from the news that the Mideast was volatile and there was fighting going on. And uh, these airplanes would take, we were the only base on the East Coast that had jet fuel. Because if you remember right, some of you, you stood in line for gasoline for hours. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we we were on a port and we had jet fuel, so these airplanes would load up with munitions in Virginia, fly up to Portsmouth, and
0: load up with fuel, and go off. And so they would go refuel the planes. No, these were carrying munitions. Okay, but your your mission was to help 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 orchestrate the refueling.
1: I got tasked for the mission. Yeah, and to, to. Launch off four air tankers and pick up some fighters at, uh, down in Virginia and ferry them two-thirds of the way across the Atlantic. Two-thirds. Now you ask, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Another set of tankers would come out of the Azores, yeah. pick up the fighters, take them to the Mediterranean, and there was a the last uh, top off before they went in.
0: Okay. And where and, did uh, they go? You guessed it, Israel, the Yom Kippur War, 1973. Thank you. If if you
1: want more more details, you can talk to me. I, you know, as most of you know, I can tell war stories,
0: and I can I embellish them. And <laughs> <laughs> you're my hero. You're my hero, man. You're my hero. Oh, you get to say whatever. The last thing I'm going to do is, yeah, yeah. Israel, thanks you. The Jewish people, thank you. The Jewish people were so surrounded. They were surrounded from, they were attacked from Syria and from Egypt. It was, they were surrounded. And our nation brought in what Israel needed in the natural
1: I want to say one more thing. Uh, when I was a commander, I had 300, about 325 enlisted people working for me, and of course, during the year, some of them would re-enlist and uh, take on another four years. And I made a point of always trying to get the families in for the reenlistment. And I made a point to the family that w- I wanted to thank them for allowing their husband to give their life for their country because that's what they did. So, Memorial Day, we honor those who are dead, but I also honor those. Who surrendered their life to their country. Amen. Even though the Lord didn't take them, Amen. they
0: surrendered. Amen. No greater love. Wow. Refueling. They couldn't have gotten to Israel without the refueling. Wow. I'm gonna really break the sobriety here. Because I thought about, I saw a, a billboard that goes with this. Watching and praying is what we need to be refueled. And I, I've seen this over the years. And I just wanted to pull, put this up. Anybody seen a billboard like this before? Seven days without prayer makes one week. Wow. Again, so we'll remember. But it's the truth. I would contend seven hours without prayer and all the IHOP said amen, amen. And, and everyone else right amen well this is big let's go to be the second one that was watch and pray second watch your mouth I I've heard that phrase before I don't know if my mom ever said that to me she probably did when I was young and I was getting mouthy but I remember it in cowboy movies and other that, you know, you better watch your mouth, son. Stuff like that. Well, uh, Tony Evans uh, has written a book called Watch Your Mouth about the power of our words. And uh, I, I do this, I have to confess, I'm in church. A lot of times I'll recommend a book and I haven't really read the book. I've read parts or seen the table of contents. But Tony Evans is really a great teacher out of Dallas, and uh, so, you know, I recommend that book even though I haven't read it, all right, so uh, we need to watch our mouth, Psalm 141, verse 3 says, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips, let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, take, to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evil doers. Throughout Scripture, we see this connection between what we say with our mouth and what we believe in our heart. So many times what we say affects what we believe. Vice versa, what we believe affects what we say. It's a two-way street. You want to believe in God more? Speak God's Word more. You want to uh, you know, say the right things more? Let the faith come in and, and rise up. It, it works either way. But God wants to help us to set a guard on our mouth. This is really big, Paragraph little a, paragraph a. We need to regularly verbalize. We're talking about staying in the air. We need to regularly verba- verbalize that Christ is living within us. Galatians 2.20 says, and this is a great, this is a con- confession with your mouth. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. The life of which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God or in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Christ is now living in me. I don't meet life's problems anymore because, see, when we hit the problems is when we start to go down. So when we get into a difficult situation, when life's problems come come to us, we're no longer just facing those problems as my old self. I'm not facing them. I'm not meeting life's problems uh, alone. I'm meeting life's problems with the greater one living inside me now. Colossians 1.27, is now Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so, you know, the song most of you know, my God's not dead, he's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. That's who's inside you. Satan goes about like a roaring lion, but if you're a believer today, you've got the roaring king of all the lions inside you. And he is ready to roar inside you. So we need to say that, though, that Christ, you're living in me. We need to verbalize that, say it out of our mouth, and keep saying it. Every time you're under pressure, every time you think you can't handle it, you say, it's not I who live, but Christ lives in me. This really works. When I feel overwhelmed, I say, it's not I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. I'm gonna skip ahead some to pass some of these verses um, that that help us. You can look in your notes at some of them that help us to keep relying on the on the scripture. So say these verses out loud, verbalize your faith. You know, when you when you confess something, you say the same as what the Bible says. Confess means to say the same as, and you say the same. As what you believe in your heart. But don't leave the belief just in your heart. Yeah. Say it out of your mouth. Confess these verses. Confess uh, Philippians 3, 3 through 7. Little B there. Paul says, I glory or I boast in Christ Jesus. I put no confidence in my flesh. It's important that we see that. That our confidence is not in our own experience or ability. our our righteousness, our confidence is fully in Jesus Christ. That's why I have this banner here. On the back side of this banner, it says, Not by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's Zechariah 4.6. It does not mean to, uh, it's not, that verse is not demeaning the value of human effort. That verse is simply emphasizing the limitation of human effort. But you still put forth human effort. It's just your confidence is not in your abilities. Your confidence is in the power of God. It's in the grace of God. A great verse that relates to this is is, uh, Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord... Listen to this. Unless the Lord builds the house... They take a break and don't do anything. Doesn't say that. Unless the Lord builds the house, they, that's all of us, we labor in vain who build it. And we still labor. And we're still building. But when our confidence is not in us to build the house. And you can say, man, I've I've been hammering nails for 30 years. I know how to build a house. Lord says, don't rely on your experience of hammering nails. Because in the kingdom of God, we've got to trust the Lord is the one who builds the house. Can you all hang on just a couple more minutes? Okay. Let's go to, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll just have, I got to say this on that though. Paragraph D. So we watch our mouth in two ways. We need to have our mouth say the good things. And have our mouth not say the bad things. Yeah. Speaking. <laughs> I'm speaking to myself right there on that one. Complaining and gossiping is like cutting your engines off at 35,000 feet. Complaining and gossiping, giving into a complaint, you just cut your engines off, and you're cru- you were cruising, and then you all of a sudden fell into a complaint. And you just, I don't, I don't know about you. I wouldn't want my pilot to cut the engines off at 35,000 feet. So, watch and pray. Watch our mouth. And third and finally, Micah, y'all can, team can come up. Watch your heart. Same connection again. Our mouth, what we say with our mouth affects our heart. What we believe in our heart affects our mouth. Here it is. We, just, we saw the verse in, uh, about watch your mouth." Psalm 141Set a guard on my lips, on my mouth." Proverbs 4:23, "Set a guard on my heart. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life." Psalm 19:14 says, "Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing." you what is your heart i could get deep and i could get in the weeds on this (laughs) but your heart besides your physical heart we just read it the meditation of my heart so your heart is that part of your makeup that is able to meditate it's what you think on It's where your affections are directed. Your heart is where you have longings. It's what you dream about. It's what you long for. It's your inner life. It's where your affections are, what your motives are. It's where and in whom you put your trust. Trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3 says, with all your heart. Not 90%, with all. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I had a number of different ways and I've got all these scribbles that late last night I was like, I don't know where to, where to end on this? You know, is it this? And the heart's got all these things. What, Lord? How do you want to? So sometimes they will give me little, little, little leadings on what to do at this point. And uh, so I, I woke up early this morning because I I really did not know, and I was like, Oh, I get to live out this message. I get to actually trust You <laughs> to show me what to do. And so real early, Suzanne was. She wasn't snoring, she was in the she was there. But I turned on my phone to IHOP, to the a set, and I just scanned back to a Sarah Edwards set uh, on a Saturday at four pm, May fifteenth. And I just hit it, and I had my headphones on so I wouldn't disturb her. And right then, Sarah Edwards is singing, "Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." just to take him at His word. then she goes on and she says, Jesus, Jesus, she's saying, precious Jesus, oh, for grace, facet of diamond, the grace, to trust you more. And I'd written that as one of the alternate ways to end. I wrote this the night before. Want to pray for us for strength to trust, to keep trusting. I was like, thank you, Lord. That's what we're supposed to do. supposed to pray for God to release grace grace is so important to me I named my first child grace for real oh for grace to trust you more in a world where there's so little where trust is being eroded I believe there's a a presence here today to give us strength to trust him more so would you stand up your feet went on to sing, so I scribbled these down this morning, she sang, there's something about that childlike faith that you're wanting. That you're wanting. There's something about that childlike faith that is pleasing. So pleasing. I want to bring that to you today. Simple childlike faith. I don't always have to know all the answers in order to pray. Yes, I do trust you. Yes, I do believe you. You are who you say you are. I believe. I believe. So let's just open our hands if it helps you. Lord, I feel at this moment like that man who's child was in trouble and he came to Jesus and he, Jesus said to him, if you believe I will do it. And he said Lord I believe but help my unbelief. So Holy Spirit I invite you to tap on hearts right now where each of us is not trusting you with all to tap on us or we say I need grace to trust you more just open your hands up now to thank you Lord just let him speak to you and just say Lord I'm, I'm, I, I have a weakness in trusting you right there turning I'm getting under the spout saying Lord I'm getting under the the jelly beans of trust (laughs) I can't really say I'm trusting you with all my heart in that area Lord I know to stay with the law of lift keeping me above the pull of sin but I need more faith. Let's let faith come right now. Jesus. As you stay in this place, I've got one more thing I believe the Lord would have done, so I want to... You are totally free to move about the cabin. Seriously, you're free. Wow, I didn't even know that was an airplane thing. Sorry. Wow, the cheese got even cheesy. But you are... But I want us to take a moment. I'd like the worship team just to lead us for a few seconds, a a little bit. to just really take that area. I think Sarah sings this too. Sarah Edwards is like my favorite right now. She said, Lord, I believe but help my own belief. Just let him lift you up right now. I mean this is now the lab. I just did the the talk. Now it's the lab. Go ahead.
1: Come as you are,
0: come as you
1: are,
0: come as you are. Yeah, there's some areas, the different ones I'm sensing have you've really resisted that weakness and you've been resisting it and you're like, man, it's been years and I, I get a little bit of success and then I go right back. And it's like somewhere inside you, you have resigned yourself to giving up. Paul said, I find this when I am weak, then I'm strong. And so in a sense, if you're identifying an area of weakness right now, the enemy wants to discourage you and say, you're weak, you'll never get better. But actually the Lord wants to encourage you that he runs after those who admit they are weak. I boast, he said, in my weaknesses, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. I want you to, I want to invite you, as we, if anyone who has children, you're free to go get them, you can bring them back in, and we're officially dismissed like that, but I want to invite you to come to the altar and bring that area where you say, I admit I'm weak in this. And I've, maybe even I've quit trying to resist it. His strength is running after you right now. He's running toward the weak. So acknowledge. Don't be ashamed of the weakness. Say, oh, I feel really weak. And the Lord's like, exactly, Glenn. Glenn. You're the one I want to run to with my strength. So come forward and give him your weakness, those who feel led to do this. You want to at your chair, do it. We're just going to open this up now. Lord, I'm weak. We sang your goodness is running after me. Lord, your strength is running after the weak today. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.